glass, ice, pour. Give what it, bruh? Give me that voice. Come on now. Listen, I've been singing a lot of Sam Smith the past uh, couple days, and so that is. I'm like, he's right at the top of my range. If I didn't smoke so much, like <laughs> I probably could do a lot better. But uh, I love Sam. Smith. <sighs> yeah. Uh, well, cheers. It's good to meet you. Cheers, indeed. Um, Thanks for I'm being just on. Drinking water right now. I'm, I'm also doing something new. I'm actually we're on Clubhouse right now. Um, so I'm recording this. Oh, and tight. We're, yeah, so I'm putting this on Clubhouse. I don't have any followers. I don't know if people are going to come in the room or not, mm-hmm. but it's on. We're going to record, and, and I've got a room awesome. started. So um, Okay, know. so you can record on Clubhouse. I didn't know that. Well, it's it's. I basically just started a room, and we're essentially just live. So we're not necessarily recording, but we're just kind of like live. And one of the things people I love... listening. listen in. Yeah, and, and one of the things I love about Clubhouse is it just exactly for that reason, it gives people just... A reason to pop in so i kind of just put on here that we're going to be recording that we're going to you know smoke a little bit talk about heaven and just kind of riff on it and see you know let's see who pops in Hello, friends, and welcome to Whiskey and Rye. I am your host, Ryan Charles Brown. Joining me on the show today is Kevin Garcia. Kevin, thank you so much for being here today. Wow. I'm very glad to be here with you today. Yeah, it's great to, it's great to see you. I feel like I know you uh, from following you on Twitter for so many years. Um, I feel like I know who you really authentically are. So thank you for sharing yourself and who you authentically are. Uh, I started following you around the time that this incredible book came out that you wrote called Bad Theology Kills. Um, which has now become uh, kind of a movement with clothing line, like there's t-shirts and there's swag and there's there's all sorts of things that are going on with it. So I'm really excited to have you on to talk with you about heaven. Uh, heaven. Oh, yeah. oh my the God. illustrious, so, uh, uh, elusive idea. Yeah, this illustrious, elusive idea of heaven. So I grew up a church kid, um, su- uh, what I would consider a super church kid, church all day Sunday, church Wednesdays. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. All the big things. So I learned about heaven early on, heard about heaven early on, but so I would love to know, just kind of kicking us off. What was your, what was your early experience with heaven? What was your kind of first experience learning about heaven? I was told that it was either heaven or hell. It was always in juxtaposition to hell. Uh huh. And so like when presented with two choices, it's like, well, I definitely want to go to heaven because (laughs) hell sounds very, very bad. Right. You know, burn burning forever. Right. You know, you know, I would, like I had never been burned as a child, like, and someone said, just imagine like getting really bad sunburn, but it's forever. Yeah. And then as I got older, it said, "Someone imagine imagine someone peeling the flesh off of you forever." 
I'm how, like, what? What is it? How, so how old are you? Are you like, uh, oh, like, less like, than less than ten. Yeah. Yep. So same. Like same. Really with me. gruesome pictures. Yeah. Did you yep. go to the hell houses on Halloween? No, I was. I mean, those things were like. Um, I, so I didn't grow up in kind of like um, that type of uh, mainline evangelical. I was a little bit more of like the passive aggressive mainline evangelical. A little bit more of like the nice. gaslighting evangelical. Um, oh, the cool. pass the passive aggressive evangelical. So um, we we were more like. Um, less i I don't want to say we're more like anti like lgbt but i think that seemed to be like more of the the focus was more on marriage and preserving Mm. the marriage between the man and the woman so all of like the scary things about heaven and hell i learned was like if you're good and you marry a woman like the bible says you go to heaven and if you don't and you find that you're married to someone of the same sex then you absolutely are going to hell like no question also when i was when I was younger, it was like he- like you divorce like divorce would get you in hell. De- definitely, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the people yep. they really I could like I I remember a time when I was younger, around five years old, divorce people not a good thing. But by the time I was like fifteen, it was a lot more acceptable. Yeah, like within that ten year span. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, I get it. so um, so walk me through a hell house. <laughs> What's a hell house? Hell houses were basically like these room by room dramas that showed you like what was going to happen. Like if you lived your life this way, this was what was going to happen. So it was like Susie and Billy getting possibly busy in the room, even though, you know, Susie's like knows that she loves Jesus and can't do it. And she needs to share Jesus with her boyfriend. But, and then they get in a car accident and they both die and end up in heaven. Yeah. And she didn't tell Billy about Jesus and now Billy she's going to go to heaven and Billy's going to go to hell like right there they get separated they get separated right there yeah see that sounds for me I remember hearing those stories but actually to physically put someone in that like oh my oh, god oh and then like they, oh and god. then they take you to the next room where the that room was like hot and all the lights were out and they were spritzing water on you and having screaming voices so it's supposed to be like blood on you it was just water oh right yeah and then they take you to another room where there's like it looks like a haunted house set up but it's hell and it's demons torturing people oh my god and it's very gruesome and it's like do you want to make a decision for (laughs) jesus christ today and go to heaven so where do you stand with the lord after seeing this (laughs) oh i said sign me the fuck up man yeah i want to be in the lord's army yeah yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, that was um. So it was either that or heaven, which was where you went to be with God. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't much beyond that, mm-hmm. right? It was just an it was it was an alternative to not pain, right? Yeah. So, oh yeah, just an alternative to pain, right? Um, which on ironically, you know, heaven, you know, heaven was meant to be the escape from suffering, right? Mm-hmm. Ooh. See yeah. where we're going now? I do, yeah. So it was right. like on the right track, it just kinda got caught up in the literal. Right. Um, for a lot of people. Yeah. But yeah, heaven heaven it didn't really make sense to me. I didn't know what it was. I was like, what do you mean it's like here, but it's not here? Mm-hmm. But where is it? That's mm-hmm. also the other thing. It has to exist somewhere, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Right. And where might that where might that be? Right. Yeah. It was always somewhere else, but like no one could explain to me where it was. I knew that heaven was not up above the clouds. Yeah. You know, also just like the Bible says that the earth is the center of the universe, but like, you know, go figure. 
Right. And then whenever you do kind of like a Bible study, I remember being in like my little, you know, all male Bible studies, of course, because like you can't read the Bi- yeah. you can't read the Bible with girls. Middle school boys, middle school <laughs> and high school boys. Yeah. Never just high school. <laughs> Never just high school. But I remember like yeah, especially hearing... for me, those vaginas for me were just very temptations. Oh, yeah. And like I would love to maybe we'll have another chat sometime about like sexual experiences at youth group because i definitely had most of my first sexual experiences at youth group like hands down god the problem for me was i didn't yeah see and the problem for me is i did so it's just like so yeah yeah. let's compare notes let's go yeah we'll compare notes on how we'll make a clubhouse night yeah we'll do a clubhouse night and everyone can come and talk to us yeah i think that would be really great that would be really therapeutic and probably pretty cathartic on a lot of levels but oh my god um, so youth group sexy sexy youth group stories yeah sexy youth group stories yeah that would be fun all right yeah that would be let's plan this out let's plan that out yeah that would be really fun sexy youth group stories but I remember, um, I, I remember being fed kind of like again the the idea was the sanctity of marriage, right? So mm-hmm. for for us, heaven and hell, uh, heaven, who gets in? Um, uh, white men and white women for sure. You know what I mean? Hands down, for like, sure. Like no questions. And even if you have a CD that's pass, a good Christian woman. That's a good, good Christian, Christian woman, right? So they're in for sure. Um, it was very ambiguous as to um, interracial couples. That was something that was kind of taboo. Uh, I grew up Yikes. in Michigan, uh, growing up in Michigan. So interracial, you know, uh, couples who were interracial. That was like, well, we're not really sure. So I remember my first introduction into heaven was it was exclusive it was Uh definitely only for for a certain amount of people and there was just some people who i'm so sorry but you're just left out and i never was able to reconcile that i was never able to reconcile how some people were just like not able to come like what the fuck yeah like what like it's like what do you like i always was i was in the same place it's like you're telling me that this grace is apparently so good or whatever, or like God's love is so big. And yet mm-hmm. just because this person is, they don't go to church with me. They're not going to get in. Yeah. Yep. Yes. I remember Thursday morning, Thursday mornings were usually like the fucking worst for me because I had just heard all Wednesday night at youth group, how I need to get my friends at school to youth group mm-hmm. and if i don't get them to youth group kind of like how you were talking about that story of oh, susie and her boyfriend if you don't get them and mm-hmm. they die that shit's your fault you know yes. that's that's on you and i remember man i remember so many thursday mornings just waking up in a sweat just like okay today i'm gonna talk to my friend about it <laughs> today's gonna be the day you know today's, today's gonna, be, gonna the day. be the day today's gonna be the day that i'm gonna get up and this is going to be the time. I'm going to stand up for Christ. <laughs> that's it. That's I'm going to really, I'm going to witness to them and their life is going to be forever changed by the glory of God. That's right. And I am going to punch their ticket into heaven. And how fucking badass am I for like, for like, you know, clubhouse is all about invites. Like I'm, I'm tossing them a clubhouse invite into heaven, right? You better come on with a youth you be- <laughs> group. Just like, listen, you want to get, get the real, into the real clubhouse? Yeah. Exactly. Invite your friends to youth group. Invite your friends to youth group. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That that's like that was that was the pitch. And um man, I just remember the the shame that I would feel for not getting 
uh, up the courage to talk to people and how I would just feel like such a failure if I didn't uh, have the words to say to help, you know, bring someone to to our youth group. And, and it was just this awful sales pitch on, you know. Uh, trying to save this thing that they uh, were like, yeah. what do I need saving from again? I don't, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, that was the thing was like, I remember in sixth grade, no, seventh grade, I was trying to witness to like my seventh grade girlfriend. I mm. remember her name was Chelsea Smith. Chelsea Smith is like the most American name. Yeah, ever. definitely. Yeah. But Chelsea Smith told me straight up, she's like, Kevin, I don't need Jesus. I'm really okay. Yeah. Seriously. You need to stop worrying. And I was just so heartbroken because it was like, what do you mean that you're okay? Right. You can't be okay without Jesus. Like, you, you must be miserable because right. that's what people tell me. Right. People out in the world are miserable without Jesus. You have right. to love Jesus. Everybody loves Jesus. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I totally... And it was, it was yeah. this... It was like you said, it was just like I was punching tickets. I was trying right. to punch tickets and I was... You know, I think like I even I remember like and this I kept that pattern up all the way, well not all the way. It was like you know high school I was like you know the the, the closeted theater nerd mm -hmm. who everybody knew was gay but also was really involved with church and I would invite people but no one would come because like my church sucked. We were yeah. really like our youth group was cool. We were just like the misfitty kids and our youth group pastor was actually dope as hell. That's cool. Still friends with him to this day. I was gonna say, did um, you have a good experience like you know with that? I mean that's a different conversation, but. You know? Yeah, um, my youth group experience, I would say, like, was as positive as it could have been for the time. Like, That's the cool. pastor we had when I was going there, the head pastor, um, he doesn't listen to my shit. He was he was a bad preacher, and mm -hmm. he was also a – I don't think he was a very good pastor. I think he mm -hmm. was committed to so much whiteness and so much, like, just classic white evangelicalism yeah. in, like, the Southern Baptist sense of the word. Yeah. And also, he like had this stupid thing he would say, just like, let me tell you what, when the Bible says all, all means all. I'm just like, you say that every fucking Sunday, and we get it. Right. I've right. read a dictionary. Right. 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 Anyways. Uh, but our youth minister, he, like, I remember when I was on, like, the youth group retreat, and I was, like, down the aisle at 14, crying to God to save me from my homosexuality because I didn't want to go to hell. Yeah. Uh this guy comes up and just lays a hand on me and prays for me and then walks off. And I never, I didn't know who it was. Turns out that guy was my going to turn into my youth pastor a couple weeks later. Wow. That's really powerful. And, yeah. And we stayed in touch and you know, he was there for my dad. He was there for me at my dad's funeral. So yeah, as far as I'm concerned, he's family. That's great. Yeah. My, um, my youth group experience again was, uh, was very tied into behavior. It was tied into performance. It was very performative. Mm -hmm. Um, the kids that performed well seemed to make it, you know, and were, Oh yeah. Uh, they got more, they got more stage time. Yeah, more. exactly. Yep. And, um, I wanted to be a worship leader. So I was, I was just learning how to play guitar at this time. Um, and it was my dream to, to be up there, um, to be up there and playing. And that's something that you got to do. Um, you've, you've been doing worship music for, a for, for a long time. Um, so, I, um, I guess what I what I what I wanted to kind of kick us off about is is so talking about like heaven now like that's fun like we we will definitely have conversations about youth group and those types of things but thinking about heaven now the, the reason right. I wanted to talk with you specifically about 
heaven is I was, um, the other day I was just sitting around stoned. That is irrelevant, but I was just thinking about heaven. Like what is heaven and, or is it perfectly relevant? Right. Or is it perfectly relevant? And I was thinking, what if heaven is a place where you just get to confront like your soul, quote unquote, um, and you just get to find out like why you did all of the things that were really messed up your whole life. Like not as a way to like excuse you, but like as a way to say like, hey, your behavior stemmed from this action right here, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like for me, someone who spends so much time in this sort of self purgatory, like hating on myself for shit that I've done in the past to be able to understand myself, hearing it from kind of like myself or my soul. That sounds like fucking heaven, man. I don't know. That sounds like heaven to Um, me. Yes. I would also (laughs) agree. Like, you know, I would say, I I would say what you've defined here is you've defined salvation, right? Yeah. You know, not salvation from, you know, hell, like I used to think of it, but salvation from all of the things that are keeping me, you know, so like if, you know, if hell is the opposite of heaven, right? You know, even just like, not even like in the literal sense, but just like the state of hell mm-hmm. is the separation from heaven, the separation from peace, the separation from my truest self, separation from God, love, separation from community, separation from my body, mm-hmm. anything that causes separation. Heaven, therefore, would be connectedness, union, understanding, knowledge, and wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, like you were saying, it's just like when I come into the understanding of myself and I'm free from these things that are keeping me, you know, in a fucked up cycle of patterns of behavior, mm-hmm. then I'm saved. I've, I'm right. saved from this thing, this, you know, that this thing that my ego and my body thought it had to do be, just because it's what I was programmed to do this entire time. Um, And so really salvation to me is no longer about what happens after I die, but what happens in this moment right here. Yeah. It's like salvation is like understanding that I'm already, it's understanding that I'm free right now. Right. And that you can have it in this moment. That's like, you know, when, when Christ, you know, when Jesus says the kingdom of God is at hand, that's what he's talking about. It's, It's not like heaven is not somewhere else, baby. Right. salvation is not somewhere else like freedom is not somewhere else it is present mm-hmm. and how do you get to those things he said let me show you and that's and then you know cue jesus's ministry right feed the hungry clothe the naked uh raise the dead you know care for the poor and the orphan and right. the, the widow right yeah i mean uh, i just finished a bible study of mark with my family which was great i love mark because you get really i think authentic jesus You know, you get really true, what I consider like snarky Jesus, like, which is again, my favorite Jesus, yeah, my favorite Jesus, which is authentic. He was always just like, my favorite was like when he would he would uh, talk to people and he was like, "How long do I have to be among you people?" (laughs) Exactly. He's like, "I'm so fucking like you guys are so like, how do you guys not get this?" Right. Right. But of course, how many times have I been there? You've been, we've all been there. We've all been there, right, right. But I remember one of the things that I struggled with in thinking about how can I present heaven to these people? Yeah, I'm supposed to evangelize. I'm supposed to invite them to this place. How am I supposed to 
get them to understand this was the question that I never was really able to understand. And again, they never taught you this stuff, right? Like they just told you you're supposed to do all these things. And then they sent, they like kind of patted you on your butt and set you on your way. And you're just supposed to like figure it out. I know. I never really like, got a good evangelism class, y- to be honest. Yeah. It was always it was, like, tell your quote unquote, tell your friends about Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or like the other thing that they did, which again <laughs> was crazy. They're like, yeah, let's uh, invite your friends to this overnight lock in where we're going to oh! let you, we're going to let you swim in a pool for uh, however long. We're going to give you a bunch of food. And then, oh yeah, at the end of the night, we're going to shut the lights off and we're all going to watch a movie. What? What? Like, this mm. is, this is, this is what we were. Is it a inv- Jesus movie? Um, No, it was usually like, uh, like a Disney movie. Um, cause again, we were, we were kind of hip, you know? So we would go with like a, like a Sandlot or like a Little Rascals or Mighty Ducks was really popular at that time. Uh, so they would do Yo. some, they would do something like that. Yeah. Cause you know, again, we wanted to be cool. Um, but s- stuffed right in the middle of it was a really, you know, difficult condescending talk about, mm-hmm. you know, why are we really here? You know, what is our, what is our purpose? Um, mm. And our purpose is to uh, get more people here and to invite our friends here. And, you know, so-and-so would invited 20 friends. So let's all give them a big round of applause. You know, I remember there being competitions for how many people you could bring. And again, we're trying to bring these people in to tell them about this place called heaven that mm-hmm. for me was given as this exclusive place that only some people could go and some people couldn't you know mm-hmm. and was just really and everybody really else awful. truly was fucked so you better get everyone in here or right. it's your fault if the world right. burns it's your fault right right and it's, it was it was so hard to like right carry that thing like that was the thing that even since i was very little just like didn't sit well with me was like it just, it didn't make it, even from a young age, it didn't make sense to me that like, because I, I had too many friends who were just good people. Right. And like, I looked at like, I was even within my family, I'm just like, well, what does it mean to be a Christian? Because just like, I'm over here being told like, I need to do my quiet time. My mom doesn't read her Bible every day. Mm-hmm. My dad hasn't touched a Bible in God knows how long. Right. You know, and then my dad, you know, divorced my mom and that's a sin. So like, what does that mean for my dad if he's an unrepentant sinner? Right. But right. my dad is like, you know, he was still like an okay guy you know, as much as he could have been. Right. Um, you know, it just, there was so much that just like a lot of it didn't account for. And so I, I got really caught up because I, when I was in my youth group was when Rob Bell's Velvet Elvis dropped. Yeah. Yep. And so I started to get in, had new ideas about what heaven was kind of earlier in my faith journey like earlier than most like mm-hmm. for me heaven was like it was like i was understanding more and more that i was allowed to question a little bit and that it was about a more embodied experience of yep. this world and not about something somewhere else because something i heard can't remember was like what good is heaven later if you're living in hell now yeah that no. the promise of heaven had to be here yeah um so that was something that kind of like shifted like at first like my childhood it's heaven or hell. Teen years. Oh, Irresistible Revolution, Shane Claiborne's um, mm. first big mm-hmm. breakout book. Mm-hmm. That one really set me on a path to of understanding about how liberating the gospel can be, especially for poor folks. And I grew up in like middle class and poor, you know, poor white places and mixed family. Mm-hmm. So 
I don't know. My, my It kind of shifted a little bit to my understanding of a Christian's life was had to be deeply rooted in people's experiences. And a Christian's life, especially in context to heaven, was to bring it to earth. Right. Like the whole concept was to build it here. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that was a big paradigm shift for me from heaven shifted from a place that we're supposed to all get to and invite people to in an afterlife to a place that we're supposed to create here and now in the physical uh, today. Mm-hmm. And that's when um, that's when I sort of renounced heaven, if or hell, if you will, um, in sort of my belief in heaven as like a physical place and started to really put my actions behind building what Jesus, I think, talks about mostly in Mark is like actually building heaven here for people, kind of like what you're saying, uh, and doing that by feeding people, clothing people, standing up for people, um, mm-hmm. really keeping your eye out for the the last, uh, if you will. Um, and mm-hmm. and I think that you know, as me me as, as kind of like uh, this a pastor, but it's not what you think, which is always what I tell people. Um, mm-hmm. Culture now today is really good at, at at revealing who needs to be cared for, you Mm -hmm. know, who is the one that's being left out, you know? And I just think that, um, more pastors like myself would benefit, uh, and their ministries would benefit if they started to actually create more of a heaven on earth, uh, here, um, starting by building bridges and things like that. But I I will say the, the, the thing, the, the thing that finally shattered this idea of hell for me was, was realizing that some of my best friends who uh, were gay were were not going to get into heaven. And that's oh, yeah. that's when it broke for me, when I just finally accepted mm-hmm. that so-and-so who has done more for me in my life than someone who, you know, is a good Christian. I was like, I just, um, it really broke for me. And I read, um, I read a book, um, uh, the Book of Joy, uh, which is written by uh, uh, Archbishop Desmond Tutu and His Holiness the Dalai Lama, and in, in in that book was again just like it just flushed this idea of hell being a place that people who are bad go, and heaven being a place that only good people go, um, and uh, and and so I again it was later in life when I when I finally decided that. You know, I, I needed to change my perspective and have that paradigm shift. Um, but once it happened, once that curtain kind of came down, oh my gosh, um, talk about being able to see things with new eyes and being able to see. Listen, you know, it's like once you, it's like once you see, once you see one crack, you can see all the cracks everywhere else. Like, oh wait, that's not part of the decor. That's actually a defect. Right. Oh yeah, that's it. Yep, that's exactly it. Yep, like that's not normal right like that's actually oh my god so like yeah and like i think the other thing about like the shift needing to happen is that before like god i can like the the one memory i have right now that is so that's just coming up for me was um two days after the shooting at pulse happened um i was driving back to virginia i was in dc when it happened at um capital pride still had to work my booth that day, like in the midst of like hearing everything that went down and all, you know, I was going, I was heading back to Virginia. I had a plan to go see like some friends in between going to my next pride festival. And it was like my friends from my last church who like, we love you, but we just like disagree with your lifestyle, but please when you're in town, come and see us. And I was like, all right, sure. Yeah. And of course, like, 
we're family, right? right? You know, like Jesus was this thing that united us. And like, I'm grieving because, uh, you know, a bunch of my fam, like, you know, queer fam got shot up in a club. And that's also mm-hmm. like incredibly triggering of that could be me anytime. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was trying, like they, like my friend, quote unquote friends who I went home to see, they had no space for me. Mm-hmm. They like didn't, they couldn't they're like, oh yeah, that's so, that's so, it's a tragedy. But like nothing beyond that, nothing like, how are you feeling? Like, what's it like? And so I, I didn't allow myself to get emotional around them. And then when I tried to explain that, like, I feel like there's a movement towards people waking up to a better way of being Christian. And I remember one of them, one of the person in this couple group said, no, I think you're right. But like in a different direction, I feel like there's going to be an uprising of people who are going to stand up for the truth. And I'm like, what do you mean? The yeah. truth? Yeah. And it just became really, really clear in that moment that like I was too far down a new path Mm -hmm. to be with them anymore. Yeah. That's a really lonely place to be. Yeah. And that was a, you know, that was hell. Yep. For me. Like that was one of those things where it's just like this people, they promised me that like they would be my family for forever, but like they didn't, they don't know what they said. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't actually know what they promise. They don't actually mean that. You know, and that's the thing about like evangelicalism in, in general and like the idea of heaven and hell existing as a binary, like one or the other. Right. Is that it implies conditions. Conditional love isn't like not of God. Right. If you will. It's not gospel. You know, you can't say God loves you no matter what, and then also say, but unless you, you know, do, unless you do these, these things and you can't get into heaven in the end. Right. There's no asterisks on the, like, God loves you no. sentence. And right. just like, and my mother, who, like, again, not like the most, like, she's not like the most book smart read woman in the whole world. But the other, like, when she was down visiting back when I first moved into this house in October, she and I were driving around. She's like, I don't, I can't remember how we got on the subject, but she said, I don't get how some parents can kick their their kids out just for being gay she's like i think jesus made it perfectly clear that you just love no matter what mm-hmm. and i'm just like how how do you get it <laughs> right yeah i'm like you have no the only reason she has to get it is because of me yeah which is wonderful and also i'm just like how like how how is it so simple for you right because it's so it, you know the answer is it's so simple for people but the, the closer you are to power the closer you are to this mythical norm that you are like striving to reach this heaven mm-hmm. that you think is real, um, the further you are from it and the more unpleasant your experience probably is, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. And you, the experience of being around you, you know, um, I think we all know God, right? those people who but are me- very fundamental about their heaven and hell beliefs, right? And it's just... It just makes for a sour experience, you know, like, yeah, just not, just not fun. Just, just not fun to, to be around. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to be around you. Like you're not nice. You're not a nice person. And like you, this is something I tell people, like, I've been talking a lot about this idea of just like, let people leave and also leave when you should. Mm -hmm. Don't stay in places that are below your worth. Right. Don't stay in hell. Right. Because the moment you realize you're in hell, you can turn around and see that there's a path outward. Right. No, that's a great transition into, I was going to kind of think about like, 
let's 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 just imagine because this conversation i i should have like kind of prefaced this but i'm in no way shape or form trying to like say like all right cool well this is what hell is like i have no fucking idea what hell is my ideas of heaven and hell change um as my experiences change you know but let's just imagine let's just imagine heaven is a place that has portals right that we can peer into and there's all these different portals and different ways that we can peer into it you have uncovered your own way of opening these portals to heaven for people through just kind of the different work that you do um where you know uh, all of these things that you do every day and these things that you offer, they're very spiritual, mm-hmm. but they are a way to create a kind of a, a heaven experience for people. So talk a little bit about that a little bit about some of the mm-hmm. things that you offer and, and what are some of like the badass things that you help people experience, you know, just on mm-hmm. the everyday. Mm. Well, one of my favorite phrases from A Course in Miracles is Um, One of the lines says uh, that a universal theology is impossible, but a universal experience is not only possible, but necessary. And Mm. for me, that phrase, the universal experience was like that. Yeah. And when I say universal experience, it's like I heard an old grandmother, an old, you know, hijabi grandma talking about her love for Allah. Mm. And I saw it the universal experience. Yeah. Um, when I was in yoga class, you know, when I'm doing yoga and I feel that like, you know, when I'm feeling, you know, yoga means union. So Mm -hmm. it's like when I feel in union, universal experience, when I was in worship or when we like, you Oh, anybody, you hear a song that just moves you to tears because it's so beautiful or whatever. And it doesn't even have to have words, but like that moment that you were moved, that's the universal experience to me. That's the moment where it's like, oh, there, oh, like something is stirring in me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that stirring to me um, is what I want more of. Like yeah. it's a beautiful, it's a joyful, it's, it's presence. That's like the best way I know how to describe it. And so what I do in my work is I, I believe, Course in Miracles also would, would posit the idea that, um, that love is always present. Like we're soaking in it. Like we are love itself. The entire universe, you know, is the whole of creation is the body of Christ, if you will. Mm. And we just forget. Yep. And so we just have to remember. That's the whole thing is we forgot. So let me remember. Right. And so it would say like, anytime I'm fearful, scared, uh, angry off, but anytime I'm not feeling at peace and at oneness with God, myself and all of my brothers and sisters and siblings in Christ, means I have simply forgotten and I've left and I've forgotten my peace. And it's just like, well, and then the question is, well, do you want to feel peace again? And if the answer is yes, here's the way to do that. Yeah. And so, um, what I do in my practices now that I said all that, uh, like my whole thing, like when I'm teaching people and working with people is I'm here to teach people how to cultivate peace in their actual bodies. Remember what it feels like so that you can recreate it later yeah um and developing a practice of using your body and your breath and your own beautiful ass mind to figure out what the fuck is going on because a lot of times it's not there's nothing wrong with you it's just that you have a thought pattern you know a pattern of thought and a pattern of behavior that's no longer working for you and you might not even realize it Mm -hmm. so you just have to like you know, there is a way to inquire yeah. as to what is valuable and what is not. Yeah. You know, we might call that discernment. The way I kind of put into 
practice is like, I, I want to teach people how to feel peace. It's just like, I teach people how to meditate, how to watch their thoughts. Um, and I use A Course in Miracles as like a vehicle for helping people um, kind of unlearn their own perceptions about like how they think and why they think and why they believe what they do. Um, and also what I like about A Course in Miracles, it's very Christocentric in language, even though it applies these like ideas in really like more psychotherapy terms, if you will. Yeah. It's like, it's truly like the greatest self-help book I've ever read. Right. And Jesus might've wrote it. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's what I, when I'm working with people, I do that. Um, I teach people and work with tarot as a way of just allowing it. And I also like teach, I teach and guide people through deep, you know, almost hypnosis, meditative states to get them into a space where they can cultivate heaven within themselves, if you will. Yeah. And I'm talking like, where people can like finally like take three breaths and drop into a space where you feel so at peace, you can do anything. Cause like when you're at peace, you're likely to have a better mood. And if you're in a better mood, you're likely to be able to get the shit done that you want to do with your life. Mm -hmm. It all starts with the experience of your body. If you can experience heaven in your body, you will experience heaven in the world. And you can mark my words on that. Yeah. You can quote Kevin on that uh, twice. That's going to be a, a meme. For sure. Uh, no, I, I completely agree with you that. Um, I, and I love how you talk about kind of how we wake up. Um, I think we wake up and we we choose what's what's my perspective going to be today? How do I, you know, my body feels, you know, I think about myself, you know, I, I wake up and I feel my body, my body feels a certain way. Um, and I, and I pay attention to that. And I think about the times that I didn't pay attention to that and how unhappy I was right? as a person yes. and how I was creating all of this unhappiness. And then through creating unhappiness, just attracting more unhappiness. And it became a cycle of just being unhappy to whereas if you wake up and you choose to check in with yourself and shift your perspective, uh, it's amazing how your mind will start to perceive mm -hmm. things and absorb things and, and start to experience things differently. Um, our good friend, uh, uh, well, he's more your friend. Uh, he's someone I interviewed. Mike McCarg talks a lot about the brain. Mikey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, talks about the brain. Um, I interviewed him uh, a couple of months ago and we, we kind of talked a little bit about plasticity and, and just how, mm -hmm. how amazing the brain is. Um, but it's funny, uh, how, it took so long. Uh, when I graduated seminary, one of the things I wanted to do was work with worship musicians to help them develop liturgical practices to help with their songwriting. So I wanted to teach Lectio Divina, um, the Prayer of Examine, you know, different things to help kind of draw out um, lyrics and music from worship leaders. And the uh, the sort of confusion and backlash, almost if you will, that of I would get. Of course, you got backlash yeah, from energy. Yeah, you know Jesus. it was. But but you know you you toss the enneagram and they're like, oh yeah, hell yeah, we'll read Road Back to You, like for sure. You know, uh, it's just so funny that uh, that these practices just take so long to integrate into um, into everyday. Um, kind of mainline Christianity and I don't think they ever will will ever be fully accepted uh, which makes me really sad you know um, but sure. I also think that uh, what I think is beautiful is um, there are communities that will embrace this and um, I think you know you've curated a really nice community on, on Twitter I love following you on Twitter and I love mm. gay Christian Twitter um, it's I'm, my favorite oh my, group I, I am just here for it it's yeah wild. 
I'm here for it. And to me, that is the church right now. Uh, I think the church goes Amen. through phases, um, you know, but I think uh, to me, I think, well, I th- it's hard to say because, but, but I just think there's a moment right now for, for the gay church mm-hmm. and the queer community in, um, in, in, in the church right now. And, and I'm here for it. I'm all here for it. I'm a big, big advocate, big ally and a supporter for it. And actually one of the things that I want to do, uh, and I don't want to talk about clubhouse too much, but I just want to be uh, a pastor who like, if you are, um, if you're struggling with like your identity and like you're struggling with talking to people about it, like I would love to talk with people about it. You know, I would love to have people be like, I want to talk to a pastor about what I'm struggling with and man, let's just like talk about it, you know, because I, uh, was never really given that space to talk about the things that I was really struggling with when I was going through things, you know, and I would have loved to have a pastor be like, Hey, can I just like listen to you and talk about stuff for like, if someone was like, Hey, I would love to come out to a pastor, like, God, that would be such an honor. You know, I would love to create that space for people. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do with that. Um, but I just know that, uh, however I can be an advocate and ally to the, to that community right now, this is what I feel called to do. So, um, but, but that aside, um, I think having these conversations, uh, about, about heaven and about, um, about things that have kind of sort of remained exclusive to certain groups and kind of, um, breaking down the sort of accepted norms that these are exclusive is a good way to um, have uh, more conversations and to open up more conversations about other things. So uh, that's just kind of a riff on, on what I'm passionate about um, and, and sort of what I think about, uh, you you know, as a, as a, as a weird kind of pastor who enjoys talking about um, things, but mostly just really empathizes with people who have been told like, no, you're not allowed, you know, I'm just so, I'm just so over that, you know, I'm so over of kind of, you know, hearing like, Oh, you know, that's not just me. Like, okay, I guess I kind of have to accept that. Like, just don't accept those things anymore. Don't. Yeah. No, we don't. Yeah. If we can realize, um, and I think this is like where I'm uh, just trying to figure out, like, I'm I'm trying not to respond to idiots on the internet because like it's just truly not worth my time. I'm kind yeah. of I'm trying to follow um the Nat Bishop. One of her rules is I do not engage with arguments online. It is mm, a waste good. of my time. That's good. And I'm like I would save so much time and energy if I did that and at the same time I think clapping back is so fucking funny. Yeah. You because, can do like, it very I, well. Thank you. It's a, like <laughs> I think reading people a little bit, like it's a, it's an art form. And like within like, I think about like within like queer culture, we would talk about like reading somebody, like it really comes, it's like in some ways, like, you know, we've come up with like these, I don't want to call it a ritualistic defense, but it's like, you know, you know, people would say like, you know, if I'm reading someone, it's like, I'm not telling you anything that you don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just exposing you to your face. It's exactly you right. You don't like it. Right. Um, and so in that way, like, that's what I don't truly feel bad. Like, you know, pushing back in certain ways when I feel personally disrespected. Because at the end of the day, like, ain't nobody going to teach them to respect me if it ain't going to be me. Exactly. Like, right. If I need respect, if I want respect, I should ask for it. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not going to get it, then like the, I will draw a very clear boundary. Right. And like I think about like how how often did somebody need a talking to, and uh, how many times did I need a talking to, and nobody gave it to me? Mm-hmm. How many times did I need to be told off to be told I was wrong? Yep. 
and nobody had the guts or the time not, not saying nobody had the guts at the time but just like maybe just like what if I was so insufferable that nobody wanted to tell me and it was just better to distance themselves from me how horrible yep but if I would have had a gift sooner maybe I would have learned better I don't know yep that's how and I feel. so for me like I think that like you know I feel like like there is that that's a scene from Pose where oh what is her name you know, do you know the scene in Pose where it's like all of the girls from the House of Abundance are at this like big white country club and this white woman goes up to the table and sa- basically says, you're all men and they're all trans women. Oh, uh, no, I, didn't, I, like, didn't I know who you are. And oh, I'll send you I'll send you a, a clip. But she gets up and reads this bitch for filth for just like literally being a disgusting white woman trying to come for their fabulous asses. And I'm just like, oh, that's the attitude I want to take into a conversation with Sean Foyt. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Just like oh, sit my. down, sit down and take this right now. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like a, I have like this, like my Scorpio Enneagram 8 nature is like, you know, speaking of heaven, put me on a mic across from John Piper, mm-hmm. Sean Foyt. Mm hmm whoever the head of relevant is right now, Cameron Strang, mm-hmm. you know, any of these, any of these like little assholes and I'm not even going to give them a space to talk. I'm just going to read that. I'm going to invite them in for a conversation, but I'm just going to read them. Right. Just give I'm them a like, good. So like, mm-hmm. It's like, so Sean Foyt, like I have many questions. And the first one is like, how fucking dare you? Yeah. That's my first question. Right. How? How? Yeah. Second <laughs> question is stop. Yeah. That's not even a question, but fuck you. Right. If I would have had someone talk with me about some of the things that I was perpetrating 10 years ago, then maybe I wouldn't be in this purgatory where I made all these stupid ass mistakes and I continued to make these stupid ass mistakes and I didn't have like the blessing of someone just kind of like slapping me upside the head or maybe they did. And I distanced myself from them. I don't know. That could be, that could be another piece of it. You know, like I wasn't open to receiving that, you know? Yeah. And like, and that's where like we can like start to beat ourselves up with. I think that like, I see this a lot with um, people I work with, where it's just yeah. like, we're mad at our our past selves for not seeing it sooner. And it's like, right, literally, who you were in that moment was doing everything they could to survive that moment, right? And they did, right? It's like, what incredible strength! And so it's like we can be mad at ourselves, or we can see it as like, wow, I fucking survived that, and now. I'm not there anymore and I get to do something else. Right. And this doesn't have to define anything else anymore. Wow. What right. a gift. Right. It's uh, this, uh, I, I tell people, I'm just like, we have to learn to forgive ourselves. Even if we didn't do anything wrong. Right. We have to forgive ourselves of the, the time we think we wasted mm-hmm. or the things that we did that when we were, you know, that means like, sorry for the things I did when I was an evangelical. Yeah. Like, we got to do that. Right. Forgive yourself. You didn't know any better. Right. You li- literally nobody told you or you couldn't have known or you just were terrified of hell. Right. Or they were telling you this is it. And you were like, ah, okay. I mean, <laughs> yeah. this is the, this is my ticket to heaven. Right. Right. And then you realize that you were in hell and then you escaped. And now, and, and for me right now, maybe this is so funny. I'm like, it's like, am I a reverse evangelist now i'm out here trying to right. tell people you know just like hey there's a better way to be first pers- you know you can get out of hell right now right 
I would be, I would evangelize for that. I would evangelize for that. I think that's like the antithesis of the guy on the street with the cross. Like, you know, if you believe in Jesus or you're going to hell, the opposite of that is, Mm -hmm. uh, don't believe in hell and you'll believe in Jesus. Right. And you'll find Jesus. You know what I mean? Like the, the, it's actually, it's exactly backwards. Right. Yeah, Yeah. It's like, let go of your, like, um, you know, just like, you know, perfectly. What is, um, Course in Miracles, this is my favorite thing. It says, like, the Course can be summed up very simply in this, is that nothing unreal, nothing real can be threatened. Yeah. And nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. Mm. And so, like, what, what it would posit is, like, love is the only thing that is real, and therefore, the op- it says, like, love is the only thing that is real. Fear is the opposite of love, but that which is all-encompassing can have no opposite. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. Come on, baby. I know. know. And if we're going to, if we're going to sort of have, uh, uh, an idea of, of heaven and and what you want it to kind of make of, like, I just say like, go in with that sort of openness, right. Where you're just kind of like, yeah, we're not making it about being the opposite of something, but something that we've never even really imagined before. And let's kind of be cool with that you know uh let's kind of be cool with that so yeah i don't know like i said i have no desire to say like yeah this is heaven you know i used to in seminary that was kind of like a thing i i even tried to like make sense of like uh like a peter rollins book and try to say like yeah pete's really trying to say this and it's just like uh i ended up talking with pete about it later on and he was like yeah no that's not what i meant at all and i was like well that's great. You know, and I think that's just kind of like the beauty of, Mm. of, of, uh, interpretation. And I think heaven, you know, whatever it is, I I don't know, but Mm. what I do know is, um, I love talking with you about it and I loved what you had to say about it and I love what you had to share about it. So I'm happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I, um, this idea of like heaven and like what happens, Cause it's still like the question of like what happens after we die. I know that like we're running short on time, so I'll keep it brief. Um, but it's like, I feel like both physically and metaphysically in whatever way the energy continues after our bodies stop working. I mean, my, my mother, um, my grandfather died on Saturday. Um, oh, and, I'm so sorry. Yeah, me too. He was 90. It was That's very, heartbreaking, very sad. Though. Yeah. Yeah did a lot of crying about it. My mom though, she calls me and says that she had a dream that Papa showed up in her, like showed up to her yeah. and was like showing off his new body and like was still bragging about how good he looked at 90 and told her that he was fine. And I'm like, and then she, then she proceeds to tell me that she has had dreams about all of her loved ones who has passed. She's always dreamt about them. And that's why she's always been okay with grieving. Wow. Cause she know like, Cause she's had literal visitations from them. And I'm just like, no wonder, you know, I'm kind of a medium. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Makes perfect makes sense. Perfect sense. Yeah. Um, and so, and I have like the same kind of experiences with um, my family members who have passed on. And ever since like within my own, like new understandings of even the idea of the great cloud of witnesses. Mm. Um, and then like working with like the ancestral work of like, you know, my Celtic ancestry and my Mexican ancestry, learning how to like venerate my ancestors, learning how to honor my dead yeah. and honor the, my pe- my people through my ofrenda. It's like, I really like, it's just like, 
even if the only way that eternal life happens is in the mind and how I pass on my memory or my legacy to other people, even if like eternal life only exists within the mind, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, the way that um, Thich Nhat Hanh talks about it in the book. Um, oh, I can't remember what it is, but he, he talks about, does he says, does the cloud mourn what happens to it when it rains? It's like the cloud just looks at itself and says, oh, look, there I go. And when the rain becomes a river, the cloud looks at the river and says, oh, look, there I go. And he said, it's the same thing with me. Anytime you take a breath when you hear a bell or anytime like you remember a mantra of peace that I taught you, I am with you. Yeah. And what did Jesus do? Anytime you take this bread and drink this cup, behold. And so in my, our own work, I truly think like eternal life has less to do about like this thing you do after you die and also but more about like how much life you get to generate here. Yeah. You know, this can that's be it. heaven. It can be. Yeah, that's absolutely it. Man, I, uh, I, I have so many things that I could say in there, but as you said, we're running short on time. I don't want to, uh, I know you've got Let's another interview another coming up, so we'll just have another talk sometime. But what I will say is, uh, is again, I, I appreciate you sharing your perspective about heaven. And mm. to me, uh, this is heaven. We've opened a portal to heaven. You know, you and I, mm-hmm. uh, first time meeting, uh, only interacting a little bit, just getting here talking about heaven. Um, to me, this was so much fun. I can't wait to do it again. Um, yeah, I'm going to make sure to include all of your socials on the show notes, but anything that you wanted to shout out real quick uh, where people can follow you, anything mm-hmm. you want to put out there? Yeah, um, I, I talk a lot about this stuff in my Patreon community. I'm called the Spiritual Reformation Circle. Cool. And... This is where like we're kind of I call I'm we're getting into experimental theology and figuring stuff out and I'm teaching what practices I have which include like all the woo-woo shit you're into and then also like how do I read the Bible. So if you're oh, that interested in that awesome. kind of stuff, come join us over at patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia or get more info at thekevingarcia.com. Follow me on the internet, buy my book, Bad Theology Kills. It's at badtheologykills.com. Awesome. That's it. All those links will be in there in the show notes. All you have to do is click them and it'll take you right to it. Um, click, 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 click. click. Uh, Kevin, thank you so much. You are a gentleman. I really appreciate you being here. And uh, I, so I can't much. wait to talk with you again. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah, Ryan. Hey, you're really, really cool. I think you're a nice, handsome person. And I can't wait to do this more. Uh, I appreciate that. Cheers to you, my friend. Bye. All right, friends, there you have it. Big thank you again to Kevin Garcia for coming on and for being really just such a gentleman, like I was saying. I'm sorry I'm so awkward as you're giving me these nice compliments and everything at the end. Uh, Sorry I'm being so awkward, Kevin. I think you're amazing. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your insights. And uh, like I said, sharing your gifts with us. So uh, you're amazing. I appreciate that. Make sure to follow him on everything. All of the links are in there. And I think one of my biggest regrets from this interview is not doing karaoke to uh, Heaven is a Place on Earth. That was my that i i owe you all big time for that so kevin next time you come on the show uh we're gonna do karaoke and i cannot wait to do karaoke with you in real life at some point as well so uh, i appreciate you tuning into this uh this episode uh we've got a couple new episodes coming up with maria french and barry taylor uh so i'm excited to be recording those next week and getting those out soon uh in the meantime i invite you to be a part of our patreon community just like kevin's on patreon we're also on patreon uh and that allows me to um do this and uh and be able to focus on that 
that a little bit more uh, than I would be if I didn't get paid at all. So I really appreciate you all chipping in a little bit and helping me uh, keep this show going month to month. Um, make sure you're following us on Instagram. And if you want to sign up for the Proximia email list, we're still gathering people for that. Uh, you can send me an email as well. Uh, but you know what? Uh, that's all that I've got to plug and say about that. Appreciate you being so patient with me. And again, I appreciate you helping me build this community. So let's dance it on out. And uh, yeah, let's not forget heaven is a place on earth. And I will cheers to that.